you just get done taking a big dookie? Uh, no, I made a, made a little mixer. Oh, we got white Russian there. Mm-hmm. Oh, that looks tasty. Oat milk, white Russian. like oat milk we uh yeah. uh carrie absolutely hates it we've we've had to dabble with like five different types of milk with Margot because it just mm-hmm. seems like things do not settle with her stomach and i mean i i feel like it that's with a lot of kids but so we've done whole milk which is like the normal stuff mm-hmm. we've done almond milk we did like skim milk we did oat milk for a while and margo did not like oat milk as well so i kind of finished off the jug that we had i thought it was tasty yeah i mean especially if you get the like vanilla kind yeah what, it what's, was what's carrie's beef with it I think she just didn't like the the odie taste of it all, but like to me, it was almost like uh, drinking like some milk left over from a cereal or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I just don't get any oat taste to it. Um, maybe if you if you do like the unflavored variety, the one we had was an unflavored because okay. that's kind of what you know. Which I drink a lot too. Yeah, but I I liked it. I mean, it's not something I've gone back and had more of, but. Right. So. So what milk did you settle on? She's currently on, uh, like, skim milk. Uh. And that seems to be doing the best right now. But whole milk is what, like, you know, they really advise for kids because that's got the most nutrients. But. Yeah. Uh, There's so al- many. Almond milk was like, we thought almond milk was because doctors were like, oh, maybe she's got, like, some dairy intolerances, you know. Mm-hmm. So I went to almond milk, but that was actually the one that was like giving her like probably the worst troubles, but we really didn't know it initially. So there's so many milks like the, the hippie section where I get the oat milk from in Woodman's, there's so many different milks. There's oat milk, cashew milk, macadamia milk, almond milk, regular milk. Um, was it flax milk? Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. But I, why I settled on oat milk, I think, is because it's the most like environmentally friendly. Yeah, I think we talked about that before, like almond milk, right? Like it takes a ridiculous amount of water for like almond trees. Yeah. So and that good. was the milk minute with Brock and Dub. And now Dub is doing his regular check out the window. Who's on my and yard? What's the noise I'm hearing? 
it's sunny out and there is a lot more green grass than there was like last weekend. Yeah, so it's well, just nice to look at. When you have four days of rain, that's what happens. Yeah. So what's new, friend? We uh, we're doing this after we're doing five, this. Post, five postponements today. Yeah. And uh, we didn't do it last weekend. My goal is somehow to do it every week. It just seems like every week something pops up. I don't think we need to have that goal. Like we can we can strive for that, but it's never going to happen. Yeah. I think we waved. You waved bye bye to those days a while ago. Well, at least temporarily, you know. Yeah. Once the kids. Once are your kids are in older. high school, then <laughs> then we'll be able to do it. Yeah. A little bit more. How how exciting will you know? Hey, my dad does a podcast. You know, they'll be bragging to their high school friends. I don't think they will. I think, uh, I think the goal for every parent is to make, uh, to make your kids be very embarrassed by your behavior. Yeah, that was certainly the case uh, with my dad. Probably was with yours as well. Um, so right. I don't think, I don't think she, either of your kids will be saying that. Yeah, you never know. So what's new? Uh, well. I have an appointment on Wednesday to get dose one of the vaccine. Dose one, you fatty McFat fats. Yeah, I had to lie. Um, I had to lie to Walgreens. I'm not. I'm not proud of it. Uh, you know, I. It's one thing to lie to your parents, but when you go and lie to Walgreens, yeah. Dub is currently looking out his window again. I'm opening the window. It's a little hot in here. Piss off. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, so I had to say it was it was the language of the question too that I felt like a real asshole. It was like I forget what it was. It wasn't just are you overweight? You had to first answer a question to get to the are you overweight question. Right. And I think I had to say I was high risk or something in order to do it. Um but I'm a point away from being overweight, so I I feel like you know, it's just time for Dub to get his. You know, <laughs> I've been playing by the rules for a year. Still I've, got I, COVID. I just read an article. It was about, you know, people s- skipping ahead, right? Or like jumping the line. And they they interviewed a um, like medical ethicist or something like that, right? And, uh, you know, basically he was saying like, there's kind of, two ways to look at it. Like, you know, if, if you don't qualify at all, but like doses are going to go to waste, right. Then to him, ethically, that's okay. Yeah. He's like, but if you're like, you know, lying to Walgreens about being high risk, (laughs) then morally that's, that's probably not okay. Boy, he had the example (laughs) that I'm talking about ready to go. That's insane. But, you know, like I told you last night, like there's so many people, right, that are, you know, bashing the vaccine or not wanting to get a vaccine or people that are like not wearing masks or whatever. And states are like easing up restrictions. Frankly, we just need to get shots in arms. Like, I mean, yes, you know, they've done a good job, I think, of getting shots initially in a lot of old people. Um. But frankly, like there's so many doses now, right? Like there's so much vaccine out there 
that, I mean, I've read reports of places that like have had to waste them. Right. And like in that article I read, he even said, he's like, you know, I was at a, I was at a vaccine site and cause part of the article was like, you know, people hooking up people, they know, you know, like if I'm in the medical field, I sign up all my family and friends. And he's like, you know, there was a week where we had like nine doses that like, if we didn't get those in arms in like the next hour, we were going to have to throw them out. He's like, so I just called up, you know, friends that I knew and were like, can you get here in and out? Cause I have what's no the, problem with that. Right. What's the alternative, right? Like, you know, yeah. it's kind of like your, you said your mom, like she took your elderly neighbor and they were like, Hey, we have an extra dose. Would you like it? Like, yeah. Like let's just get shots in arms. Yeah. There's going to be, there's obviously a lot more that's coming every week. Like you're not necessarily stealing it from somebody. So what you're telling me is that I'm a hero. That's yeah. what I'm getting. You're a, you're a hero for sure. Okay. That's all I needed to hear. Um, yeah. And I don't think, you know, um, one of my friends at work told me about the Walgreens site that, Hey, just wait for this, you know, section to turn green. And then that means, you know, they've got shots available. Right. So I did that and I immediately got, um, dose one and two scheduled. And then I told friends about it. I, I told some other friends at work, Hey, check it out. Na, 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 na. I have a dose appointment and you don't. Yeah. Um, then hours later, they went on the site. It was still green. And over the course of the rest of the day, I had four friends get signed up too. So I don't yeah. think at no, this point it's... people are rushing to, to get it. Yeah. Or, you know, cause, cause I signed up for the, the state ones too, where the state will contact you when it's available. And um, yeah. my health provider and UW health will, you know, so I don't think a lot of people are going just straight to the the pharmacies like CVS and Walgreens. Right, this, so. right. Yeah, I was on. I was looking at. I don't know if it was a message board or if it was a comment section of an article I was reading, and the la- one lady commented like, "Oh, I really wanted to get the vaccine, but like the the locations that were you know in my county or whatever, they just were always booked and didn't have anything and." You know, so I talked to my doctor and my doctor said, look up the reddest state that's closest to you mm-hmm. and you will find openings. And she's like, I called over to like the the most, you know, Republican state or Republican county that was closest to me. And they had 22 spots open. Man, you just you hope that's not the case everywhere. You don't want to it makes sense, though, right? Doesn't it kind of make sense? Of course it does. But like. You know, trying to be objective, I, 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 let's say Trump won re-election, I'm still getting a vaccine. Right. Or let's say these vaccines came out six months ago, even though Donald Trump's president, I'm still getting a vaccine. Right. Um, I guess interesting segue or a good segue there to the batshit politics I started watching the QAnon uh, docu series on HBO. Jesus. Uh, so two two episodes are out. The third one comes out tonight. Um, highly recommend it. Is it it's, is it uh, just mind boggling? Yeah, I mean it's I think it's a six parter. Um, so I've only seen the two so far, and they're they're really just setting all of it up so you can wrap your mind around it. Just kind of the origins 
of the Q drops and the platform it, itself, 8chan that it exists on and, and what that space is. Uh, and they've interviewed uh, a few people who are really wrapped up into it. Um, and it's, um, yeah, it's wild. Yeah, I read another article this week that was basically how QAnon and the, boy, that, that oat milk Russian's really gone down smooth there. It is, del- I'm going to make another one. It is really goddamn good. The uh, the Proud Boys and QAnon and, you know, all those groups, they've moved yeah. on now from the stop the steal, right? Like, I think realization set in, Trump's not president anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, the QAnon conspiracy theory that he was going to become president again on like March 4th or something did not happen. Um, and so now they've moved on from stop the steal to stop the vaccine. And basically, they're now spewing and pushing um, all these articles on social media and videos on social media about um, people dying from the vaccines. And so, and you've maybe read a little bit about this, but basically they've, they've got people that, uh, so I think it was on average, there's like 8,000 deaths a day in the United States, just normal just people general. die, yeah. people die, right? Um, and so these QAnon and these groups, they'll get onto like the CDC or like other health websites and they track deaths. And then they like, you know, they'll whatever tie it to, you know, they'll look up people that die or whatnot. And anyways, uh, they've they've identified, you know, like 2000 something people that died shortly after they got their covid shots. And (laughs) there's no right. There's no direct correlation, like no, no, you know, deaths have been investigated where, you know, it's like, oh, it was the covid shot that killed them. You know, the point of it all, right, is that they use, they twist those numbers to scare people like, oh, COVID's, these shots are killing people. But in reality, if 8,000 people die every day, who were we giving vaccine shots to initially? Old people, right? Old people just die. So, like, what's really probably happening is, yes, people are getting their shots, but then they, they die from natural things that they would have died from even if they wouldn't have gotten their shot like the dude that died from a heart attack a week after his his covid shot he was going to die from a heart attack a week later anyways but these these you know right-wing conspiracy groups are you know pushing it like oh it's the covid shot and of course there's all those you know idiot sheep out there that believe it and are like oh yep i'm not getting the shot look at this yeah, 2,400 people died yesterday of heart disease or whatever it is. That's got to be COVID. Or that's got to be the shot. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what kind of percentages of, you know, in, in what, what label do I want to use? What percentage of conservatives won't get it? Republicans won't get it? Trump supporters won't get it? Even though Trump's gotten it and he even, you know, he made the statement, not a, not a good statement, but he made a statement of, I think people should get it. Yeah. Um, your fearless, your fearless God leader got his shot, but you know, you're not going to. Yeah. I, I just don't know what percentage of those people will refuse to get it. Uh, I think we get the herd immunity without them, thankfully, but it's, I it's think wild. 
I think, I mean, the polls that they've taken, right? Like initially in like January, there was a lot of people that basically when they polled them said, I'm going to, I'm going to sit and wait until other people get the vaccine. Yeah. And now, you know, we're three, four months almost of, you know, vaccinating people. Every time they've done the polls, less and less people are saying, I'm not going to get the vaccine. And I think, you know, I was one of those people early on that was like, oh, I'm glad they're giving it to other people first because I kind of want to just, let's just see, right? Yeah. And I think the data, if there was something drastically terrible about these vaccines, one, they never would have been approved. But two, you'd be seeing like obvious things happening. Um, And they're not, right? So I think what you're going to find is there's already been people that said they wouldn't get the shot that have already gotten it. And I think as time goes on, as more and more people get the shots around them, they'll probably come around and say, okay, I'll get the shot. Um, But there will will also be a lot of people that will not get the shot, right? They just, they won't. And that's, but I still think we get to that 70, 80% herd immunity. Yeah. If nothing else, just to rejoin society and maybe I guess for their, society they don't need to feel safe and get the shot um but that that's the biggest <clears throat> biggest thing for me like i will be i get this shot next week and then i get the shot um end of april the second one so mid-may you know you gotta wait those two weeks for it to right be all done and over with um so mid mid-may I will be, and and it seems like right now, most of my friends are getting shots. Um, They're kind of on the same schedule as I am. So like mid-May, I'll be able to fraternize with friends without wearing a mask. Um, And we'll we'll be back to going to like club shakers and stuff. I don't think so. I don't think number one, that that was a thing we were doing before Mm -hmm. uh, the pandemic. I think we should start it. I don't. Does that still exist? Has anyone been there? I have no idea. I gotta imagine that's is that is that an industry that probably took a pretty good hit during COVID. I would imagine so. I remember um, in Madison. I think in Madison, somebody was saying they were doing like drive-by stripping or drive-through. Oh Jesus! So I'm pretty sure that was a thing. I I don't know. This is kind of related. I went, I found a very like random rabbit hole the other day. Do you ever, have you ever watched ASMR videos? That's the stuff that's supposed to be like uh, soothing or puts you at ease or something. Yeah. It gives you like the tinglys when you hear stuff, you know? Okay. Yeah. The, um, like yeah, when people, I've never done it. people whisper or like, you know, they'll rub like the microphone or so like, I was looking up one night. I like to listen to stuff in my like earbuds when I'm getting ready to go to bed. Mm-hmm. I've done it forever. Like in college, I used to listen to like, you know, rainfall. Man, I can't wait to hear where you're taking us. So. Because we just, we I, were just talking about strippers. I know. I don't even know if this is a good story, but this is something I wouldn't normally, you know, come across. So I'm always looking for like soothing things to help 
me fall asleep. So sometimes it's rainfall. Um, sometimes it'll be like, it, it all depends on the person's voice too, but I've listened to like certain Ted talks <laughs> that'll just put me to sleep. Um, and so anyways, I, I YouTube like ASMR one time and there are, this is a whole like money. Oh, it's, a genre, yeah. it's like a whole money making thing. Um, and you know, there's your typical videos where people are just like whispering. Some people will like read stories and stuff, but they also get into like, it seems to be a lot. It's very female dominated. So if you just Google like ASMR videos on YouTube, it's going to be well, a lot of, we should say it's female dominated because men are creeps. Well, that too. But, uh, so it's, it's very female dominated and some of these ASMR, I don't even want to say artists or whatever you want to call them. They do like, they'll put out tons of episodes and some of them are just basic ones, but then other ones are like cosplay ones and stuff. Mm -hmm. But, uh, a lot of these ASMR, cause you know, then in their descriptions, they'll have like all of their social media stuff. Anyways, a lot of these ASMR women also have OnlyFans accounts and they do like naked ASMR. That's what I'm saying. Like we've talked before about how there's a market for everything and there's a space for everyone. And <laughs> yeah, I'm sure uh, some, you know, some women start this thing by, you know, whispering into a microphone and then you can head over to their OnlyFans and they're eating watermelon naked. You know, there's just, it, there's a progression and they get weirder with each, um, you know, change in venue. So to, to come back to the stripping, right. That's kind of what yeah. I like. I, I imagine some strippers who couldn't strip in person because of COVID. Who was that a strong drink? Oh, maybe I just need to start. Yeah. Oh, that was all vodka. You know, I imagine maybe some of these people are like these strippers that like couldn't strip in person. That's what they started doing was like these naked ASMR videos or like just doing old, like, only fans, right? from what I, t from what I, you know, there were in articles and shit. <laughs> Only fans is very profitable. Well, I guess, do you even need to strip in a club anymore? I would imagine you, you would do both. Mm -hmm. I would imagine the Only fans shit you can just do on your own time. And then you would do the in-person stripping too. I, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't thought about it, but uh, that's what I would do. And anyway, so by the time I, you know, dived into this rabbit hole, I was sitting yep. there going as a 30, soon to be 32 year old man with two young kids. I was like, man, there's probably a lot of just fetishes out there that I don't have even a clue about. Like I started this search just looking for a soft video to like put me to sleep. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it's all of a sudden naked women eating watermelon but here's i mean i didn't see any of it because only fans right you have to have a subscription right uh but i'm sitting there going like asmr only fans like they must just be sitting there whispering in microphones like naked like wearing a cowboy hat yeah i mean it, it strikes me as insanely logical that <clears throat> that's the next step um i didn't click on it but i saw a headline i don't know what app i was in but a, a woman on OnlyFans gets paid just to eat food for hours. Like I don't, from the headline, it didn't seem like there was any nudity involved. 
It's just dudes want to watch her eat. Is and she naked while she's eating? I, it, again, all I saw was like a thumbnail and, and the headline. It right. didn't appear like that was a part of it. But I, I would absolutely think there's a market for that because there's a market for everything out there. Yeah. You know, or like when we first, when the internet first came around, the weirdest thing we heard that people were into is feet stuff, right? And that would have been like the weirdest thing on earth we, we heard Re- about. Rex, Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan was into feet stuff and, and oh, holy shit, is that weird? Um, but that's nothing. That's nothing compared to the things that, that exist now and, and we've been exposed to or heard about. And it's only going to get weirder. Like, yeah, the stuff that your kids are going to have to, you know, combat on the Internet. 15 years from now, it's going to be insane. Yeah. And that's the thing. Circling back to the QAnon documentary, the the uh, website that hosts the QAnon stuff is called 8chan. And it exists to be like the final bastion of free speech on the Internet. Like right. they're, they will not kick you off. They will not moderate unless you are breaking some kind of law with like, you know, child porn or murder videos or something like that. Yeah. Um, so like there's a space for everything. Mm. I'm glad I'm just a simple man. That seems like a lot of, I don't know. America. Yeah, it would, it, it would got, be tough. You know, capitalism. Make money however you can, I guess. But it would be a tough life to be into those things. Yeah. I feel like that's a slippery slope down like sex addiction, right? Sure. I don't know. So I watched two, I've watched two documentaries in the past week. I've been kind of in a documentary mood. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Netflix does a pretty good job with their documentaries, I feel like. Yeah. Um, so the first one I watched was the... It was called Athlete A, and it's about Larry Nasser and the women's oh, gymnastics oh. team. Now they don't they don't get like too gross. Like it's not they don't really go into a lot of the grotesque details. What it's yeah. really about is just the in, the institutional cover up. Mm-hmm. Um, they interview some of the female gymnasts, and they they talk about some stuff he did, but it's not like you don't sit there and go, "I got to turn this off." Um, but it's really about like, just how, like the, the head of United States gymnastics, you know, basically never reported anything like Michigan state never reported anything. Um, I don't know. It was, it was the institutional failures. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, multiple, you know, like, uh, reports had been filed with u.s gymnastics and the head of u.s gymnastics his name was like steve penny or something like that he basically just would say you know we'll contact the police and he would file it in this filing cabinet and you know over the course of whatever 15 20 years i mean there were just tons of these you know reports and nothing was you know really ever done about it and uh i don't know it was It was interesting. It was, it was, I mean, in not in a good way, but it really makes you wonder just, uh, I don't know, like it, gr- growing up, you, you just watch the Olympics, for example, 
and you don't really know all the behind the scenes stuff like Olympic athletes, it's a grind, right? And they don't really get paid. Like I was listening to Kurt Angle's podcast. He was an Olympic wrestler, gold medalist in 96. And like, he just talked about like having no money training all those years. And I think there's, especially from a female athlete perspective, at least, especially with gymnastics here, there was a lot of abuse, like not just sexual abuse, but like, you know, there's verbal abuse. There's, I mean, these, they're, you know, 16, 18 year old kids and they're training like ungodly hours a week. And they're just living at like the U S training facility. And a lot of them like, like competed hurt, right. Because there was this expectation that you just, you have to do it. And like one of the girls that she was, she was the one that in the Larry Nasser case was identified as athlete a, hence the name of the documentary. Gotcha. She was supposed to be, she should have been an alternate on the, oh, what, 2016 Olympic team at the Olympic trials. They take like the top, (coughs) excuse me, the top four girls, I think are the, they're the ones that compete. And then they take like three alternates and she had like the fifth or sixth highest score. So she should have been an alternate and they didn't choose her. And it was because she had filed accusations against Nasser and even like the parents of these girls oftentimes will get like they get special seats at the trials the cameras are always on the parents there's like they're always mic'd up for like documentary purposes and stuff and the parents of this girl who had filed these accusations when they got to the trials to the Olympic trials they didn't have their own seats anymore there was no mic they basically were like shut out and then their daughter was not chosen as an alternate. So like just this whole institutional like cover up and I don't know. And then, you know, it leads into like, obviously there's scandals at colleges too. And it's just like, whew, so much stuff you don't know under the drug. Well, it's just a, it's just such a shitty cycle because I feel like in order to have the drive to be an Olympic athlete so often these kids, these young adults are pushed by parents either to like, so the parents can live vicariously through them, or maybe the the parents will cash in on their kids' success and their fame. So the kid, the, the parents aren't going to believe the kid when they come to them with this, right. uh, or the, the parents are just so, so drunk on the success and the fame that, you know, regardless of, of the abuse that's going on, they still want their kid to follow through on all that. Right. Um, yeah, when it comes to these institutional failures, every head needs to roll. Um, nobody associated with the, the Sandusky uh, scandal should ever work in their respective field again. Um, yeah. Nobody associated with the U.S. gymnastics in any way, you know, should right. ever work again. Um, the so there's there's a new scandal with um, Les Miles stemming from his time in LSU. He got canned at Kansas when when these allegations came to light. Right. And he he was a terrible. I mean, they had a terrible record. So who knows why? I mean, I, he was let go because of this, but it, you know. He sucked anyway, right. so that's not a problem. Right. But also the former LSU AD went to Oregon State 
and probably thought he could ride this thing out. Um, but he was just let go, I believe, by Oregon State maybe last yep. week. Yeah, it was yeah, it wasn't too long ago. These these people are making six figures, if not more, say in Les Miles' case. Um, there is somebody waiting in the wings that can do a better job than you that isn't associated with sexual abuse in any way. Um, it's it's uh, it's it's disgusting. And then I think I would, I believe you when you say that you know they're they're pretty light on the details for this documentary, but um, I, I feel like this is a documentary that I probably wouldn't be surprised by anything. Right. You know, yeah. So then this, the, the second documentary I watched, I just finished this yesterday, was another Netflix one about the uh, college admission scandal. Oh, with, Jesus. Uh, I would watch that. With Aunt Becky. Mm-hmm. Um, that was pretty interesting, too, because so the guy that ran it, I mean, I feel like all you ever heard on the news, right, was like Lori Laughlin and um, Felicity Huffman, you know, yep. William H. Macy's wife, because mm-hmm. those are obviously the two big celebrities. But uh, this guy named uh, Rick Singer was the guy that was basically doing all this. And he did it for like 20 years or something like that. But uh, basically, he called it side door. So there's like three ways to get into college, right? There's the front door, which is you earned it. You got, you know, great grades, ACT, they just accept you. Then there's the back door, which is mom and dad donate millions and the school lets you in as, you know, a legacy donor or something like that. And then there's what he created called the side door, which is basically you donate money, but he uses those donations through basically athletic programs and lines the pockets of the athletic programs or, um, you know, individual sports. So like what he would do, for example, is like, you know, he'd go to Stanford, the Stanford rowing team, sailing team. They use, they only use small sports, like obscure sports, right? Because those ones aren't really focused on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I want my daughter to go to Stanford. So you give me $500,000. I then contacted the, you know, sailing coach. And I said, look, you know, these people are wanting to donate half a million dollars to your program, which is probably you know, X amount of times more than his entire budget for, you know, an entire year. And, you know, most coaches or athletic departments are like, sure, great. You know, that'd be awesome. Uh, And then that's obviously where then they kind of get into the weeds. And, uh, but we need, you know, we need you to on paper, put them down as one of your sailing recruits, but they, you know, they don't sail. That's okay. You know, that's okay. You just need to, because apparently at a lot of big institutions, and that's what these, they're not doing this right at like Platteville's or Loris's, right? These, right. these are big time schools. Uh, most of these big schools, the university administration oftentimes doesn't really even look into athletic departments. They kind of just trust that they're doing their own. Like if I'm the president of Stanford, I'm just going to assume that the athletic director is keeping the sports teams in line. Well, yeah, and in the the rowing team or the tennis team, they don't bring in money. Right. So as long as the football team is humming along without sanctions, who the hell cares? Because that's the cash cow. That pays right. for everything. Who the hell cares what the rowing team is? Right. 
so then, you know, what they do is then the, the sailing coach just contacts whoever, you know, the athletic department just says, you know, uh, Susie, Susie Jones is going to be joining the team next year. She's going to be one of our best, you know, sailors, um, whatever. And then she gets admitted right on this kind of make believe acad or this athletic scholarship. Um, and then the coach or the department or whoever gets the $500,000. So that's what he basically did over and over and over and eventually caught up to him. But, um, what they did with the documentary, what was kind of cool is, so the FBI wiretapped this guy's phone for like a year and the U S government made tons of these conversations public. So Netflix, basically it's, it's a lot of reenactment and uh, the, the phone conversations are like the real phone conversations. And uh, I mean, it's, it's your typical, it's what you would expect. It's a bunch of super wealthy people who basically bought their dumb idiotic kids into prestigious schools and were flabbergasted when they got in trouble. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'll go ahead and make this political. Uh, how often do we hear about affirmative action? Right. You know, affirmative action is, is a problem because it, it, you know, it's, it's people who cut the line that don't belong there. Right. They didn't, right. they didn't earn it. Like my kid did. Right. Um, no, I'm sure the vast majority of just students in general earn their way into these universities. But, you know, we we just we just got through the Trump administration. The guy who basically did everything within that administration, Jared Kushner, uh, his parents went to Harvard and his parents made giant donations to Harvard University so that he could get in. Right. There is this there's a notion in this country that there are certain elite universities and that the people coming out of those universities are the best and the brightest. And if you look up, and I think it was Harvard too, 30, it's like 30% of all <coughs> people who go there are legacies. Now, maybe they have the grades to get in there themselves, but because they are legacies, they, they have a, a leg up on everybody else. Right. Um, so. I don't, you know, I don't really worry about rich people getting into these major universities because I just figure that's always been the case. Um, but I also don't worry about affirmative action in any way. Um, I think that's a good program. And I think the more diverse our colleges are, the better. So I don't give a shit. Um, but yeah, if you, if you, if you want to be upset about affirmative action, fine. You also uh. need to be, you also need to be upset about, you know, the way the wealthy just skate through life oh, also for sure i gotta get some more water i'm i'm got, i got tickle in my throat you yeah you get rid of that tickle man pause for station identification i'm not i'm not gonna do that dude's coughing up along now he's now he's at the fridge he's filling up uh he's still he's still still on camera he just coughed again big old gulp of that water He's walking back now. Another drink. Now he's sitting down. I think he's back, guys. <clears throat> do I got some editing to do? Nah, you good, man. You good. You spewing some BS? Nah. 
So what else is new? Mm. Um, well, I've been watching. So I said it before. Y'all are sleeping on foreign language Netflix. You know, there okay. hasn't been there hasn't been a whole lot of new content relative to previous years with uh, you know, the past year of COVID. So there's some good shows that have already been on there. Uh, you know, if you can do subtitles in a foreign language, you're set. Uh, so I just watched a show called Black Spot. Okay. It's a French show. Uh, only two seasons. I imagine they're doing more. Uh, but it's kind of a cop drama with a little bit of supernatural mixed in. Not much, but just a okay. little bit. Sure. Um, kind of murder mystery show. So if you all are down for that genre you should all right, all right. again nice. the two german shows i watched prior dark which was a great like psychological time travel one and then babylon berlin which is a historical one yeah you guys got to branch out you yeah you've mentioned babylon berlin a few times i'm not opposed you would to like it i know i'm not opposed to foreign movies i mean i've watched i've watched a few foreign movies i think one time on here i talked about uh it was a foreign it was a danish movie i think on amazon and it was about um when the nazis invaded denmark like early in world war 2 and at the i mean they didn't have much of an army and at the border they had they had bicycle units and so these guys were soldiers that traveled on bikes anyway so the movie was about like them trying to you know, hold off the, the Nazi invasion, which obviously was an utter failure, but that was strictly subtitles. And that was fine. I don't mind it. I know some people get annoyed with it, but. Uh, I think a lot of people just watch shows with subtitles on anyways, because they're either eating or maybe, you know, the TV's too quiet or something like that. So, yeah. Honestly, I've started to, <laughs> my dad makes fun of me because he hates subtitles, but. I've started to watch things with subtitles on more often. I think maybe some of it's just kids and they're like, Margo's always making noise Yeah. or kids are sleeping. And so you got to keep the TV a little bit quieter. It doesn't bother me anymore. I'm used to it too, because as a teacher, <clears throat> you're, I mean, you're supposed to have, especially if you have any kids that have hearing issues, you know, yeah. you're supposed to have subtitles on. So I almost always have subtitles on just because, and it, it helps kids that are sitting in the back too, in case, you know, it's harder to hear. So what else? Subtitles. I'm, I'm pro subtitle. Good. Glad, glad we're on the same page. <laughs> uh, yeah. Beyond that, I don't know what else is new, man. <clears throat> Just a newfound sense of optimism, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> no. No video game stuff until I can get a PS5. And I don't know when that'll be. Because, I mean, there's the the, the standard um, shortages due to COVID, but then also there's like a worldwide micro like microchip shortage. So yeah. That's, that's true for anything that requires that. So your gaming consoles, your computers, your cars. Um, so there's going to be some probably huge supply chain holdups. 
So is it largely COVID that that's that's causing this PS5 shortage? Yeah, entirely. Okay. Because I was going to say, like, I feel like there's been no other, no other time with any console where it's been so damn hard to get them, you know? Yeah, and we're like six months into it now, into the console being available. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Despite, despite that, like, it's still setting records for how many are being sold right now. People are just pre-ordering? No, just the ones that are actually there and sold, like, it's still flying off the shelves in, in crazy ways. So like if there oh, okay. were no disruptions, it would be unbelievable numbers. Sure. Sure. Hmm. Well, know. uh, you know, uh, this week in the news, uh, sports wise, March madness has been going on. Mm-hmm. How did you, partake in March Madness last week? Uh, I just watched it at home. I'm in two bracket challenges right now, one with the um, college buddies and one at work, and I'm doing pretty well in both. Um, I should win the college buddies one, and I might get second in the work one. Depends on who makes the final four, but... No, I didn't. I mean, didn't do anything. Uh, we have a big screen TV in our little work cafe. So um, I had IT put that on the March Madness channels. And then I just putzed around in the, the work cafe for two days. So that was pretty great. Yeah. It was a very tame March Madness for me. I, I actually was on spring break last week. So Friday I was at home. It was just Felix and I. And uh, just sat there and watched the first few games by myself. Had a beer with that first game. You know, it was like 1130. I just, hey, I got to crack a beer. It's March Madness. Mm -hmm. I watched pretty much all day Friday. Saturday, we went to Brant's house. So we were on the road for a couple hours, you know, during the day. One hour there, one hour back. And we watched a little bit at his house. But so it was sporadic. Um, I watched every game yesterday except the last one with Syracuse, and I haven't really watched much so far today. Yeah, I should but, check. But uh, my brackets are pretty much shot. I mean, I had, I had Illinois winning it in like two of my brackets. Everybody did. And I did have Gonzaga winning it in another one, but they're playing Illinois in the final, so that still kind of killed me. Mm-hmm. Um, I had Ohio State in the final four for a couple of mine. Basically, every big. I, I tend to favor the Big Ten. You did the Not, Dave Leahy method. Well, I don't like like I don't say okay every Big Ten team is gonna make it as far as they go until they hit a Big Ten team. Yeah. But like you know I I had Purdue like in the Sweet Sixteen. I had Ohio State and Michigan and Illinois at least in the Elite Eight. Mm-hmm. Um. You know I had Iowa I think in the Sweet Sixteen. Right. So like it wasn't like I was well, just and saying the Big Ten just laid an egg. Oh, like my God. Historically large egg. Yep. So, yeah, no, I had, I had plenty of, you know, I, I think I took Ohio State to the Elite Eight. I. You know, I, I'm not saying this to rub it in uh, on, on Darren Blazer here, but because I've had to hear about Illinois from him uh, so much this year and then another buddy at work. I could not bring myself to take 
Illinois out of the second round. So I predicted the Loyola win in Did both you? of them um, you know, because I, I just didn't, I just, I, I couldn't bring myself to do it, even though I thought they were one of the best teams in the country. I wasn't surprised um, when they came out with the brackets, you know, the, the previous Sunday, mm-hmm. I text, I text a coworker who's a big Illinois fan right away. And I said, Ooh, Illinois Loyola second round. That's that's dangerous. Cause anytime you get number one, Loyola is just a sneaky underdog, anyways. And they, went and, they really, and five. they really should not have been an eight seed. I think they were no. in the top 25 to end the year. Yeah. So it was a bad seed. It was a bad matchup for Illinois in the first place. But you've also then got that we're the little the little little brother in the mm-hmm. state of Illinois. You know, I mean it's it's Illinois. And then you you probably think about like just Northwestern because they're in the Big Ten, and then you think about you know there's the University of Chicago, and then there's Loyola, and there's DePaul, and there you know there's a number of Division One schools in Illinois. I don't think a lot of people up until Loyola went to the Final Four a couple of years could have maybe even named Loyola. Right. So there's definitely that chip on their shoulder, right? It just it it, it smelled like an upset. So kudos on you for picking it. Yeah, I mean, I picked it for no other reason other than I was kind of sick of hearing about them. But I, I do think Illinois was the best team in the Big Ten. They really could have done some damage. They have NBA talent. Um, but yeah, my my Illinois fan friends were were feeling it last weekend. Yeah. So it, it is a bummer. And I, you know, just sports, man. Like, there's so much more pain than joy. Unless you're a certain fan in a certain sport in a certain region, like sports is pain. Yeah. Oh, it, just, oh, it is. Just thinking wins and losses, it's nine parts pain, one part joy. Yep. Um, there's, there's, you know, sports is more than that. There's, there's the cultural, there's the social, where that is far much more joy than pain. But, um, you know. Illinois losing this is the equivalent of, you know, in 2015, if we lost in the second round to, I think it was either Baylor or Oregon in this, yeah. in, in that, uh, that matchup. So if, if we would have lost that, I'd have been devastated. I'd still think about it. It would still bother me. Yeah. Um, and especially since their, their top talent's going to jump, like that's, that's brutal. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, But yeah, I don't, it's, you know, it's the best time I wasn't, of the year. Yeah, I wasn't bummed about Wisconsin. Uh, no, me neither. I was, I was happy they won one. I think most Badger fans would say, well, at least we won one. I think there was probably a lot of Badger fans that wouldn't have been shocked if we would have lost right away in that first round. Nope. Uh, Baylor is pretty good. You know, could we have beat them? Sure. But we're just so damn inconsistent. You know, turnovers, not just, not, you know. Yeah, Davidson, D- Davidson scoring 30 in the first game and then scoring like five in the second pretty yeah. much sums up like this team. Like mm-hmm. they will, they will look awesome against like mediocre teams and then they play good teams and like they hang around, but they never really are threatening to win. Yeah. We played a really bad game and with five minutes to go, we were only down seven or something. So like mm-hmm. we, you know, we could have taken a stab at it. We didn't. And yeah, we blew out Roy Williams, which was fun. 
in round one. So yeah, I wasn't I wasn't hurting too bad over that, especially considering the the shitty season that we had. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to a lot of those guys not being there next year. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I, I said that today to my dad. And he was like, boy, you're being kind of rough. But it's, you know, look, if if Trice and, say, Potter would have said, oh, we're coming back, I'd be, I'd be ecstatic. Like, I mean, I'd be okay with them. Especially Trice, right, because he, he is awesome. I'm really not going to miss the, the remaining guys. Um, Aleem Ford, he was fine for threes every once in a while. But, like, you know, thanks. See you later. Like, good luck in, in life. Reavers like got worse like Reavers each like when he was a sophomore I mean he was averaging I think like double digit points he he was showing some flashes and by the time he became a senior this year it was like is this dude even playing I think he averaged like eight points I mean this is a guy who's been playing like for four years um and Davidson I mean look Davidson's like your typical hard worker and like you know tries hard plays good defense and stuff but He's kind know. of a shithead. I, yeah. I got his if if he wasn't a badger, right, he would have been a Grayson oh, I, Allen to us. He would have been I absolutely if, if he played for Ohio State, I would hate his guts. Um he you know, there's like there's a gamesmanship to college basketball. There's you know, taking charges where maybe that wasn't a charge. There's getting in somebody's head by, you know, ticky tack fouls here and there. There's there's faking bullshit fouls to get your way. He did all of those things. And so even as a Badger fan, I got kind of annoyed with his shtick. Um, I'm not going to miss him. Um, right. I, I'm not going to miss Reavers for, for all the reasons you listed. Uh, Potter took a step back this year and was yeah. just kind of non-existent. So I think he's really talented. So if he came back, that'd be great. Um, same with Trice, but he'd be 35 years old. Um, so I'm just, I don't think we'll be good next year. I know we've had some good recruiting classes, so I don't, I don't know enough about the kids that are coming in. Um, but just with what I saw on the floor this year, that's coming back. I don't think we'll be very good. Yeah. We're going to be young, right? Lots of, lots of freshmen, lots of, uh, sophomores, I think Tyler Wallwright will be the old guy as a junior. It's oh, going to yeah. be one. It's going to be like, you know, I mean, look, we, you never know what's going to happen, but I anticipate another year potentially like, uh, was that Ethan Happ's senior year when they were like 14 and 18 or something like that? Where we got bounced in the first round. No, we didn't even make the tournament. We were just terrible. Okay. Then that would have been his junior, junior year. Yeah. Okay. I, I envision we might be something. I mean, look, these guys are talented that they're bringing in, but you're freshman, you're sophomore. Yeah. So I'm just hoping to like see some excitement and, you know, maybe they pull off a couple upsets, but just, but look, I mean, this is, this is exactly where we were four years ago, right? When Trice and Ford and Reavers and Davison. And all these guys were like freshmen and they weren't all playing as freshmen, but like Davidson started, you know, he was playing as a freshman and I think Trice was and Reavers was a little bit. And you're like, Oh my God, like we're going to have these guys for four years. And four years later, we really weren't, we weren't like what we thought we could be. Who knew 
that the glue holding it all together was Brevin Pritzel. Yeah, I don't. You I know, guess. we were simulated national champs last year. We had Brevin Pritzel. Oh boy. But you know, like I said, this is the best time of the year. So it, it's just, I don't know the the weather's changing. There, the March Madness event is just plastered on TV for days. I just want my team to be a part of it. Um, a couple years ago, when we weren't a part of it. I just wasn't interested and that sucks because yeah. I want to be interested. So yeah. if we are going to have a down year, just limp your way to 22 wins and the third round of the big 10 tournament. And so we can get in, you know, that's the minimum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of States are, passing some Jim Crowish voting laws this week. Oh, and you knew they would. Um, the the party who says we want small government and don't tell me what to do are passing some of the, you know, government controlling restrictive laws. It's very hypocritical. Well, you knew the moment that Democrats won Georgia that there was going to be a, a clapback from Republicans. Um, I mean, that can't be allowed if you're a Republican. It can't be allowed that um, the major cities of Georgia dictate uh, the way that elections go. Yeah. Arizona, Arizona now has two Democratic senators, which is wild. Um, you, you, You know, the 2008, 2012, after Obama won twice, the Republicans had an autopsy and they said, we know why we're losing national elections. It's because our demographics are skewing older and whiter and we need to reach young people. We need to reach people of color. And until we can do that, we're going to get our asses handed to us. So what did they do? They went and elected Donald Trump. And because of our racist, antiquated electoral college, Donald Trump won. But even so, he lost the popular vote by almost 3 million. This time around, they lost by 7 million. So the writing continues to be on the wall. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, they did not reach out to minorities. They did not reach out to young people. So the only way that they can win going forward is to make it harder to vote. Right. Right. Um, even by doing that, they'll still lose the popular vote, but Georgia was like 12,000 votes. So you make it harder to vote in the right cities and the right communities. That's, that's the ball game. Yep. And we now have a Supreme court that is entirely hostile to the voting rights act. So they'll get their way. Yep. Um, that's. I don't know. Is there anything else that happened this week? Couple uh, the 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 mother from Arrested Development passed away. Yeah. What was her name? And uh, yeah, and uh, I don't know. Is it George Siegel or something? He plays the grandpa in the Goldbergs. He passed away. Jessica Walter is her name. Walters. Lucille Bluth and uh, Mallory Archer, just yep. two amazing roles. 
Is Archer still on? Yeah. Yeah, I just actually ran through the whole series, finished it a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, it's great. I don't know what they're going to do. You know, when Woodhouse died, the the actor in real life, they wrote it into the script. I don't, I, I don't know if you can continue going because Archer's relationship with his mother was like the entire show. Right. So hard to see where they go from here. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm still off Twitter, so I just don't know any news. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. You don't miss much. Baseball, baseball opens up this week. Opening day is, I think, April 1st. So Wednesday or Thursday. Um, hoping to maybe get to a baseball game this year. I know the Bucks have some fans now, so I imagine the Brewers will will be having some fans. I think a lot of teams aren't allowing tailgating, but maybe try to get to a baseball game this year. Yeah, I know the Brewers, at least for now, are not. Um, I wonder, come August, if we're at 90%. If that will change. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, I don't like baseball, but the fact that it's happening. Right. Is nice. That's kind of like a, another harbinger of, of spring. So. I'll yep. Yeah. That's, that's all I that's got, bro. That's about it. It's been a it's been a pretty 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 normal week, I guess. All things considered. Dub's gonna look out his window one last time. Oh, it's so nice out, you guys. Good clean living. Good clean living. Well, man. Yeah. Shall we? Shall we call her a day? Yeah. You you have a wonderful week. Good hey, luck man. with that. Good luck with that shot, you lying SOB. Look, Dub's gotta get his. It's time. Yep. Dub's All right, bro. So you drink some that. water. You got you get rid of that tickle. Yeah, well, I, I've got I've been coming off kind of this uh seasonal allergy cold thing. I don't know, like every spring. I get, you know, there's, I had a little congestion this week or whatever, but who cares? Are you getting shots to get rid of that? Yeah, I stopped taking them. They were helping, but like, uh, it got to be just a pain in the butt. And the last time I went, the nurse, she must've, she must've, uh, pricked my nerve or something because like my arm went numb in that location. And like, it's still a little goofy. It's gotten better, but I think they just hit a nerve with the needle. And I just kind of was like, I told the doctor and they were like, oh, here, we want you to take prednisone for five days. It'll help the nerve heal. And then from now on, we want you to take like two Zyrtec before you get the shots and then two Zyrtec after. And it just kind of was like, I don't, you know. Too many rules. You're, yeah, you're not a man like, of rules, you know. Well, and I was just kind of like, it helps me, but it, it's not like it was a like cure-all. Yeah. And it just got to be the point where it's like, all right, I'm already doing this like every, you know, few weeks, every month. And then I got to sit there for a half hour after the shots. And now you're telling me I got to take these pills before these pills after and this and that. I'm like, I don't know. Is it really worth it? And so I just told him, I was like, I'm done, dude. 
So you're a quitter. Got it. Um, I, I'm a quitter. All right, man. Well, we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk soon. All right, buddy. Bye bye. Love you, long time. Uh, yeah.